Is Someone You Love Suicidal on this edition of Truth and Love? I'm Heath Lambert, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face. Life is precious. God makes human beings in his image and gives them souls that never die. Each life, because of that theological and biblical truth, is of inestimable worth and should be honored as such. But in a fallen world, we disregard life. We disregard life at what's called at the edges of life with abortion, with euthanasia, But we also disregard life sometimes in our very own lives as people who are struggling with difficulty seek to end their own life. And what we want to talk about on the podcast this week is how we would recognize whether someone we love, someone we know, is at risk of suicide. This is an important issue to observe for a couple of different reasons, not the least of which is because Everybody, all of us, will be sad at some point or another. Discouragement is a common malady of the soul. We all go through times of darkness and difficulty. And yet not every period of darkness and difficulty is a period where someone is at risk of the kind of despair that would result in them ending their life. And so as we interact with our loved ones and our body of believers and our family and our circle of friends, we as Christians have a responsibility to recognize when someone has crossed the line from what we might call a normal or an understandable or even an acceptable level of discouragement to a kind of despair that could lead to them taking their own life. As we try to understand the warning signs of suicide, I want to pay attention to Scripture and see how we ought to recognize a suicide risk in biblical categories. We uh, read about a number of suicides in Scripture. We read about Abimelech in Judges 9.54 who had a stone dropped on his head. And his shame at having a report of being killed by a woman, to avoid that, he ordered that he would be put to death. And so he he was run through at his own command. We read about Ahithophel in 2 Samuel 17, 23, who when his counsel was not followed in the conflict with David, he set his house in order and put himself to death. We read about Zimri, a king in ancient Israel in 1 Kings sixteen eighteen, who when he saw that he had lost a battle, he killed himself. There is, of course, the most notorious account of suicide in the Bible with Judas's killing of himself. But What I want to look at this week on the podcast, though we could look at any one of those and receive a lot of meaningful help on this issue, I want to focus in this week on Saul's suicide. In 1 Samuel chapter 31, we read that Saul was in battle, and in verse 3, it says, The battle went heavily against Saul, and the archers hit him, and he was badly wounded by the archers. And then Saul said to his armor-bearer, Draw your sword and pierce me through with it. Otherwise, these uncircumcised will come and pierce me through and make sport of me. But his armor-bearer would not do it, for he was greatly afraid. So Saul took his sword and fell on it. 
We see here Saul's execution of himself in the midst of battle, and this account, like the other accounts that I mentioned, point us to some indicators of suicide. We here see that Saul has gone through difficult periods in his life before, but never until this point has that difficulty moved to the category of, I want to die. And as we see this happen in the life of Saul, we can learn some warning signs in the life of those we love. First of all, a first warning sign that we learn is that Saul here has a specific reason to die. He is looking around at his situation and he sees something that makes him despair. In this particular situation, he does not want his uncircumcised enemies, these people who are not Israelites, to come and desecrate his body and kill him. And so he wants to die at his own hand. Uh, You'll notice that this specific reason to die in this account and in so many other accounts in Scripture has to do with his reputation. He's worried about what people will think of him, what will become of him and his image. We see that with Ahithophel, uh, whose counsel wasn't followed. We see that with Abimelech, who didn't want to have a reputation of dying at the hands of a woman. We see it with Judas, who was overwhelmed at his own reputation of having shed innocent blood. And so, People who are suicidal will have a specific reason they want to die, and very often that's going to be connected to their reputation. That's to say it's going to be a very self-focused reason. So we're going to want to listen carefully to people. Do they have a specific reason to die? Are they specifically caught up in their own reputation? Are they being self-focused? A second theme that we can see with regard to warning signs for a risk of suicide is hopelessness. This specific reason where you want to die leads to despair. It leads to hopelessness. I see no way out of this. The only exit sign I can find is my own death. And so we're listening to people who have no hope. There is nothing but despair. All options seem to have ended and there's no other recourse. When we're listening to people talking to people who have no hope, we start to be concerned that their discouragement has moved to a despair that could be deadly. A third warning sign is destructive behavior. They've got a specific reason they want to die, often surrounding their reputation and it's self-focused. That moves them to a hopelessness and a despair. And then that they engage in destructive behavior. We see an example of Saul's destructive behavior here. He looks at his sword bearer and he says, I want you to kill me. He, he's acting in a way before his death that is showing utter disregard for his own life. We want to be looking for that in the lives of those we love. Are they doing things that are showing disregard disregard for their own health, for their own safety, if they stop taking care of their bodies and just having a mindset of destruction about their person. A fourth warning sign is they're talking about suicide. People get discouraged and sad all the time. It's one thing to be honest about your sorrow. It's another thing to be so sad that you start talking about your death. Here, this sword bearer of Saul is having a conversation with Saul about his own death. He learns that Saul wants to kill himself. When we are with a loved one, when we are walking with a friend who's starting to talk about their own death, starting to talk about ending their own life, we are moving into a very, very risky situation and we need to respond. 
Another warning sign is isolation. We see here that Saul has cut himself off. Of course, his sword bearer is there, but he's cut himself off from any other avenue of help. He is isolated and alone. There's nobody that can speak into his life. We see that in the other victims of suicide in Scripture. Uh, Abimelech surrounds himself with people who will only do what he's what they're told to do. He surrounds himself with a person who will follow his orders. Uh, Hethophel gets away from the crowd, goes to his home, sets his affairs in order. Zimri does the same thing. He moves off, uh, gets away, and actually burns the house down around him. Judas goes out to a field and hangs himself. When we start to notice people isolating themselves, getting away from people who might persuade them to do something different than this that they want to do, we start to be very, very concerned and need to respond as well. A sixth warning sign is people who are suicidal in general and in the biblical account here, they have a plan. It's not just a general desire to want to die, but it's a plan. We see Saul's plan here. I want you to take your sword and run me through with it. He's got a plan to use a sword to kill himself. Once people start talking about a plan, a way to do this, we start to be concerned. And then finally, the seventh warning sign, and very closely related to the plan, is a means to carry it out. Saul not only had a plan, I want to use a sword to die, he had a sword at his disposal and he could do it. When we start to see people talking about a plan to die and we become aware that they have a means to carry it out, we are in a risky situation and we need to be very alert to how we can help. And that leads us to a second reality that we need to talk is how do we respond when we notice these signs, a specific reason to die, their reputation is involved and they're self-focused. When we see that people are hopeless and full of despair, when we see patterns of destructive behavior, when we hear them talking about it and getting off alone, when we see that they have a plan and a means to carry it out, what do we do? Well, That actually would be the topic for another very helpful podcast, but I want to just say something very quickly about it now. Of course, we need to do everything that we can to remove a suicidal person from danger. When we see people behaving in these ways, uh, we want to make sure they're not alone. We want to do everything we can to be with them or have somebody else be with them. We want to get rid of dangerous objects that they might use to complete their plan. So there's all sorts of practical things that we could talk about. But the thing I want to mention today is found in Psalm 27. Throughout Saul's life, he had seasons of discouragement. But at the end of his life, that discouragement moved to despair and the taking of his own life. In the life of David, his successor over the kingdom of Israel, David also had times of discouragement in his life, but he never moved into a season of utter despair leading to his own death. And he's honest about what kept him from doing that in Psalm 27 and verse 13. David writes, I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. People become suicidal when they look at the land of the living and they see no goodness of the Lord, but only hopelessness that's tied to their own reason to want to die, their own self-focus. People find a reason to live as David did when they look at the land of the living and they believe that there's goodness to be had in it. And in particular, not just goodness in general, but seeing the goodness of the Lord. 
the lesson here for us is when we recognize that someone we love might be suicidal, of course, we need to take measures to keep them safe, be around them, take dangerous things away from them. But as we are with them, we don't need to just fill the time talking about anything and everything. We need to talk about the goodness of the Lord. We need to turn to text like Psalm 27 that says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? We can look at Psalm 27, 13 and read to people, I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. The very clear point is that the goodness of God gave David a reason to live, and it can give you and your friend a reason to live too. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. This issue of suicide and helping people in the midst of a crisis that could lead to death is one of the most serious things we can engage in in our lives. Someone's very life is at stake. And the reason we exist at ACBC is to offer the kinds of help and the kinds of care that would lead someone away from such a tragic and awful decision. If you're listening to this and you are struggling with the kind of despair that leads you to want to take your life, or if you love someone who's struggling with that kind of despair, We want to implore you to get help. Reach out to emergency professionals. Call 911 if this is an urgent situation. But when it comes time to get counseling care, to think through these things, we want to encourage you to get someone who's going to be a competent biblical counselor, who's going to open up the text of Scripture and point you to the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, and is going to be able to do that with clarity, with skill, with wisdom, and with love. If you would like to locate an ACBC counselor who's certified to use the scriptures to help you in such difficulties, then I want to invite you to visit us at biblicalcounseling.com.